0: Joey McGuire and Mark Adams have been red hot on the recruiting trail lately. Unfortunately, Texas Tech football has lost a commitment, but there are a lot of promising things within both programs. We're going to discuss a little bit of an update on the recruiting trail coming up on today's Locked on Texas Tech.
1: You are locked on Texas Tech. Your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Welcome to Locked On Texas Tech, a member of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. I'm Ryan Mainville. I cover Texas Tech for the Dallas Morning News, and I'm joined by my co-host, Emery Lida, a longtime Texas Tech analyst and writer. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about what's been going on on the recruiting trail for both programs. There are a lot of really intriguing targets. Um, But before anything else, we've got to talk about the disappointing loss Of Joshua Moore. So Joshua Moore, former wide receiver at Texas, entered the portal um, and then committed to Tech pretty quickly. It was kind of a surprise commitment. There wasn't a lot of smoke coming from this on the recruiting trail. But all of a sudden, he commits to Texas Tech. It's quiet for a really long time. You know, there's a connection between him and Tyler Shuck. You see the picture that Tyler Shuck posted, both of them. You're thinking, all right, this is really intriguing. Moore was liking the tweet of Shuck at what I believe was the star in Frisco, getting some throws in. And then all of a sudden there starts to be some noise about Moore being on an official visit this weekend at SMU. You catch when that Moore never officially enrolled at Texas Tech. And then earlier this week he made it official himself and announced that he was going to SMU. So Texas Tech finds himself with one less receiver than they thought they were going to have a couple of months ago.
1: Yeah, I mean, in one sense, it really does suck because Joshua Moore's one of the most talented receivers to come through Texas in a while was a very highly touted recruit coming into Austin. And, I mean, he showed a lot of flashes with the Longhorns. And, obviously, his downfield ability is something that I think Tech could have really used just his ability to make big plays we saw it in, I believe, it was a 2020 game as well as in the Red River rivalry this year. Both of those were standout games for him. But certainly, I mean, if there was one position group to lose a commitment from, I think it would be the receiving group just because of how how much depth and young guys you have there. But certainly, this one caught me by surprise. I think over the weekend, there was starting to be a lot more smoke about it. Obviously, with him supposedly being on an official visit and then things kind of just started to link together. But still, I mean, it was a surprise, and Moore's a guy that had the talent to easily be a difference maker within the program. So losing out on him, not ideal, but I'm confident in some of the young guys that Tech has to bring in.
0: Yeah, it's a bummer because he did show a lot of those promising signs, and last season wasn't his best season. It was actually the year before last where he had a touchdown basically on every other catch, which is just nuts. But he was a really, really talented player at Texas, had a really good release. Um, this loss it it really stings a little bit more just because of the loss of Eric Azukama to the NFL draft. I mean, if you you get this guy Joshua Moore, you're thinking, all right, here's a here's a bandaid that we can slap on to the to the wound of losing such a talented receiver in Azukama. But now you don't have necessarily a veteran guy that you can go straight to. I mean, you mentioned Texas Tech's receiving room does have a ton of depth, but they're also pretty inexperienced right now. I think that. Um, Over the years, we've seen freshmen get a lot more snaps than maybe you would expect, and I think that's going to be particularly beneficial next year. But I'm with you, man. The talent in this receiving room is there. You mentioned J.J. Sparkman yesterday. I think that's a guy that can really stand out. Luik Fungi, I mean, the names go on and on. There's a lot of really good guys here that I think could step up in place of more and play a really big role starting next season.
1: Yeah, that's the thing for me is the young guys, all of them have a little bit of a lack of experience. This isn't like some of the years past where Tech has had young guys that played a lot. Think of like TJ Vasher. Uh, you're more, more or less looking at Antoine Wesley's situation where whoever leads the team on the outside next year is almost certainly going to be a guy that hasn't had more than 20 catches in their college career. And that's, that's a little bit frightening on one hand, but you've also got guys really – every single one of the guys on the outside have had certain moments in their college career that would indicate that they have a lot of potential. I mean, you have Jerem Bradley, who's one of the most highly touted receivers to come into tech in the last few years. You've got Luke Fungi, who's had kind of flashes and obviously, again, brought a lot of recruiting status with him. You had Sparkman, who I mentioned yesterday. I'm really high on him as a contested catcher and as a route runner. And then you also have Trey Cleveland, who's kind of been in and out of the lineup at times and has had some consistent production is probably has the most experience of all of them. So there's a lot of guys on the outside that could figure into the rotation. And unfortunately, losing more, you're losing the guy that had the track record and had the production at a big time team and played in big moments, had some crucial catches. But at the end of the day, you just have to trust the young guys. And I mean, Tech's had a history of doing this. Eric Azucama, the first year that he was a techie, caught two passes then in 2019, came onto the scene and really ended up being Tech's best receiver by the the end of the season. You had Antoine Wesley, who had less than 200 career yards heading into 2018. One year later, you look back and he probably should have been a Ballentine call finalist had it not been for the quarterback situation. So, I mean, Tech has a history of doing this with young guys. And was Zach Kittley coming in and engineering what should be a really fun offense to watch? I don't have a ton of worries about the receiving core. It just sucks to Who's probably the most experienced out of everyone there.
0: So with that experience thing, I mean, because we're, we're in total agreement here that the depth with the young guys is really, really good. The talent is there, but experience is something that they need. Do you think that Texas Tech will go to the portal and try and land a veteran wide receiver now?
1: Yeah, I think that there's still guys out there that could potentially be there. I mean, I haven't personally seen any major targets from tech and the transfer portal that seemed like imminent thrust like we saw earlier in the year it's been quiet yeah. yeah on the
0: receiving end it's been quiet
1: yeah i mean obviously they missed out on i think it was cowing from utah who ended up going to arizona and that was kind of the last receiver that i really heard about so i mean i don't think it's a major priority i would certainly think that there, there are other areas such as kind of shoring up the quarterback depth i think are going to be and have been recently but bigger priorities for tech but I won't say that they're not going to go after a receiver, but I probably would not expect it in the immediate future. Yeah. I'm
0: just not sure there's a ton of options at this point in the off season. I mean, it's been really quiet from Texas tech's end on that position. Not because I don't think Texas tech doesn't care about wide receivers, but just because um, it's January 26th, man, options are flying off the shelf. The portal is crazy, but um, things move quick and, and guys leave. And so haven't seen a ton of action from Texas Tech with the receivers
1: yeah I would say if anything a guy in the slot might be someone to look out for in terms of just seeing if tech goes after a potential slot receiver in the portal or even like a real late mid midsummer edition just because I think the outside receivers you have a 2D fourth the guys that have experience in the program and certainly I think tech is high on every single each of the four receivers that I mentioned in Fungi, Sparkman. Bradley and Cleveland, so I think you have the depth to get through there. But I do think the slot could be a potential area where you look to bolster the depth behind Miles Price.
0: Yeah, man, Price and Xavier White; those are two guys to watch there. I think. I mean, we've already seen White kind of really transition to that running back role. But he played some H his freshman year; well, he really shined there. And so I think, I think that it he was, could he could make a return.
1: I think his nineteen percent of his snaps this past year were. From a receiver position as well, he. I was looking at that a few weeks ago, and compared to the other backs, his distribution was a lot more towards split out wider, split in the in the receiving core. So it's obviously something that the previous staff had kind of looked at to some degree. Yeah, I like that.
0: That's encouraging, and I think he's a really good. He's a really good receiver for even as much as he's kind of made a good adjustment to the backfield, but I like him there. Coming up, I want to take a look at the hardwood and switch over to see what Mark Adams has been up to, but first, a word from our sponsors. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours, but on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Do you have poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. NetSuite can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite, And over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash lockedonncaa. Head to netsuite.com slash lockedonncaa for a special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That's netsuite.com slash lockedonncaa. Thanks again for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We are discussing a little bit of the action that's been going on on the recruiting trail. Obviously, Joey Maguire having a guy flip from Texas Tech to SMU is a bit of a bummer, but there are some really, really exciting things happening within the basketball program right now and how Mark Adams has been recruiting on the trail is just really exciting to watch. Most notably, you had Elijah Fisher and Drew Steff both on visits last weekend. Um, it was, I believe, Fisher's first official visit anywhere. So that's a huge win for a player as talented as he is. And then Drew Steff has been a long-time target of the staff. If you don't know either of these guys, I'll give you a little bit of background. Steff is a Texas guy. He has been a top priority for the staff for a long, long time even before he kind of started rising in the rankings. I think whenever Texas Tech started recruiting him, he was a three-star. Now he's a four-star. He plays primarily shooting guard. I expect him to play um, a majority of an off-ball role in college, but just one of the pure shooters I've seen in a long time. Has really, really good movement off the ball. Cuts to the basket well. Runs a lot of actions really, really well. I think that he's a guy that would be an immediate catch-and-shoot threat at Texas Tech. And then Elijah Fisher, man, one of the best players in, in the 2023 class. Five-star, consensus five-star player, top 20 prospect. He's from Ontario, Ontario Canada, so um, not a Texas guy. But, hey, Mark Adams is getting talent anywhere he can. Um, as I mentioned before, last weekend was his first official visit anywhere, and it was to Texas Tech, so I think that's a big win. He's got a strong, strong connection with Sean Sutton. Um, Sutton has known him for a long time, has recruited him for a long time, has really, really liked his game for a long time. And so that relationship is paying dividends there. Um, I mean, the Sutton line speaks for itself, and, and Sean has done a really, really impressive job on his recruitment. Um, Fisher is a long athletic wing. He He's just a really good scorer. I mean, he can score at all three levels, really working on, the The deep shot right now, good on the glass, um, but just a phenomenal player, man. And both of these guys are, are really, really exciting prospects to talk about because I think that Texas Tech has a good shot at landing both of them, which feels a little crazy, especially since Fisher's recruitment kind of got publicized and more people started to know about the Texas Tech-Elijah Fisher connection just like a few months ago, maybe even a few weeks ago. Um, Steph, obviously the relationship has been there for a long time. I think that Texas Tech has a really, really good chance of landing him right now. I'd say that right now it's between Xavier and Texas Tech with Steph, with Texas Tech definitely being in the lead. Um, and so that's really exciting. I think that he's a guy, again, that could come in day one and, and make shots for you, which is what you need. And I think the staff has clearly been... Um, Prioritizing three-point shooting, but man, I mean, how how likely do you think it is that Texas Tech lands one or two of these really, really
1: high, like cream of the crop prospects? So first off, it's early on in the cycle still for twenty twenty three, and you have to take take that into consideration. I mean, Drew Stuff could end up being inside the top eighty, and you could see a continuous improvement in terms of the offers he's getting and the amount of coaches they continue to work on him and Elijah Fisher's been there for over a year now in terms of being a top flight five-star recruit. So his buzz has already been through the roof throughout his recruiting process. I expect that to continue, but with Drew Steph, he's one of the best shooters in the 2023 class. And I think that the early onset recruiting that tech had has given them an advantage. And certainly the staff clearly has a good relationship with him. He's been comfortable going on a visit with them and his, They've seemingly put a whole lot of effort into his recruitment. And I would say at this point, they're the overwhelming favorites to land him. I mean, I know Xavier's had a little bit of a look. I know, I think it was St. Louis has had a look at times, but certainly those aren't programs that have had nearly as much investment into him as what Tech has put in. So as of now, I think that Tech has to be the favorites to land Drew stuff. I'm a little bit more skeptical on the Elijah Fisher front solely because, I mean, Tech has a connection with them, obviously, through the Sean Sun connection, and it's been known for a few weeks now. But at the same time, you've got so many other programs out there that have put a whole lot of interest into Doom and are recruiting him very hard. And, I mean, I think Tech's in the mix there. I think you have to give it to the staff and give it to this program. There were at a point now where no, an Elijah Fisher could seriously consider going to Texas Tech and it not be considered a surprise. And I would not be surprised to see – tech in his top five but i think with a recruit of that magnitude and that gets that much buzz it's just hard to really project this far out i mean certainly being his first official visit is a pretty significant stepping stone that would lead towards people thinking that tech could be a real serious option but i'd say with steph i'm very comfortable saying that tech has at least a 60 to 70 percent chance shot of getting him and with fisher i'm more and more in a wait and see mode i would say that it's probably tech is one of the five most likely schools to get fisher i believe i think along with that like a kansas or kentucky both of them have been on his trail but i don't think that it's out of the question but i also think that you can't really establish a favorite with a guy that has that highly touted and has that many shooters looking at him.
0: yeah his recruitment honestly has been like really really quiet until a few weeks ago and then things started picking up and I mean, you mentioned Kansas. the The offers speak for themselves. He's got a ton of blue blood interest, but actually, I I think the biggest competitor for for Fisher right now to Texas Tech is not a blue blood. What I'm hearing is that it's Oklahoma State.
1: Yeah, I've heard that as well. That's been that they've kind of been the hottest in terms of just looking at. Him. But I also am skeptical in both senses because I do think that we've seen that play out before. Um, obviously, you had last year what happened with Emene Bates going to Michigan State, then going G League, then going Memphis, and we've seen it in the past with guys specifically in more regional ties that have gone, that have looked for schools like it, specifically in North Carolina is the one that comes to mind with me. A guy like Marvin Bagley was looking anywhere elsewhere until he finally ended up at Duke, and then Zion was going to Clemson until he wasn't. So there's skepticism there, but certainly Oklahoma State is up there as well as Tech.
0: Yeah, and I mean, things can change. Every day and any day. That's just the way that the recruiting trail works. But right now, it seems like the sudden connection is working well for Texas Tech, but also for Oklahoma State. And then I'd put my probability at Steph even higher than yours. I'd put it at about 90 right now. I think that his visit went really, really well. I think that Texas Tech has invested a ton of time and a ton of energy into his recruitment, and I think that it's showing. But, I mean, landing either one of these guys is a massive, massive win for for texas tech in general and i know that like everybody really likes to like go on the string of thought of like mark adams can't recruit well like guess what now he's landing these guys and like that's fun i like to participate in that narrative too but like what mark adams is doing he's not trying to get people to tweet he wants to get winners in his basketball program and steph is a guy i'm telling you man i've not seen a shooter this good commit to texas tech since probably ethan duncan but I think Steph is a guy that can play big minutes day one because he's got the body. Obviously, Duncan isn't healthy right now. Um, I think that Steph has a lot more off ball than Duncan did. Duncan played a lot with the ball in his hands in high school. I think that Steph has really adapted his game to play more off ball. But that's a guy that's going to give you minutes day one and can be a really good shooter. Um, And then Fisher. I mean, Fisher is a guy that will do just about anything and everything would give you a shot to be, you know, depending on what what happens with Terrence Shannon Jr. and Kevin McCuller at the end of this offseason. I mean, Fisher could come in, and depending on what your roster looks like, he could be your best player from day one. I mean, it's not out of the question, obviously. A lot of things would have to shuffle and change, but, I mean, with the nature of how rosters change these days, it's not out of the question. And so I think that really just being in the market for these two guys right now is huge for Texas Tech.
1: Yeah. Do you know if Fisher is a potential reclass option? Cause I've I, I haven't heard anything about that. Yeah, because just judging by his age and school history, I think he falls in line with a lot of the guys that have come from Ontario. I think of like Andrew Wiggins, for example, and those guys have been in the past staying in a class of oven and reclassing, but that would be huge. But regardless, I mean Fisher's one of the most talented prospects in the twenty twenty three class and would instantly raise the talent level on this Tech team. I think he has a good shot to be the best player on the on the team if he comes in from day one. And that's no slight to anyone on Tech's roster or any recruit that Tech's looked at. But more in line with the fact that Tech just simply hasn't seen a recruit like Fisher. I mean, he's a guy that has so much length, his ability to put it on the floor, get to the rim. He just glides at times. It's crazy. And I think he's probably going to end up being in the six nine six ten range. So, You have all that natural length and athleticism that he has, and it just makes sense for him to be an elite player. And then on Steph, I mean, you put it right there. I think he's the best shooter that Tech has had as a recruit since Davide Moretti. I think Ethan Duncan comes close, but in terms of off-ball and on-ball ability, and certainly I put a lot of emphasis on off-ball shooting just because it's more translatable, his ability to shoot and shoot just consistently electrifying and he can do it. He's good in the half court at finding space from an off-ball standpoint. He's good in transition as a shooter. And then beyond that, he's not just a shooter. I think he has some offensive game. Certainly, his ball handling is going to need some development. And I think his body still has to be filled out a little bit, but he's got more strength to him than I think people realize. And I think he can be a day one player at the high at a high major level and certainly be a contributor. Maybe not like as a high-end starter from the get-go, but certainly someone that's going to come in and give you good minutes and be an elite-level shooter.
0: Yeah, I think Moretti's a guy that will pop into a lot of Texas Tech fans' minds um, if Steph heads to Lubbock and plays basketball there, not just because of the shooting, but also because of what he does off-ball. I mean, Moretti just had like a basketball IQ that was so apparent whenever he wasn't trying to create on offense that he just found gaps. he He found spaces. He found the open shot. And that's exactly what Steph does. And I think that he can really flourish in an offense that's built around that.
1: Yeah, that's one of the biggest things that Morrow did so well was just his ability to move off the ball. And I think that is something that Tech has maybe missed a little bit the last couple of years. And that's no slight to the guys that are on this roster. But certainly, I mean, Kyler Edwards, I think, was underrated in that aspect last year. And certainly, you've got guys like Buzo that have shown flashes as an off-ball player. But a lot of the guys that Tech have now are more fo- are more centered towards move- being on-ball players, being able to drive, finish at the rim. Obviously, Kevin O'Banner's been an elite-level off-ball shooter throughout his career, but I don't think he's quite as versatile of a mover, and certainly the size and lack of speed kind of, kind of limits him there. But as a guard, I mean, Drew Steph and David Moretti are probably two of the best off-ball shooters that you're going to find in in the class and that just opens up so much spacing for you i mean we saw what it did with moro and what he, what it can do for drew steph is allow other guys the opportunity to have more open lanes and also being able to work well with an offense and move well off the ball like it just makes your offense more efficient and lets you run more stuff in the half court so i view it as a win on all senses from that standpoint
0: yeah good player and i think that texas tech has a chance to land Either one of them, obviously, with Steph being a little bit more high probability, but either way, Texas Tech can land either one of these guys. It would be a huge win. On our last segment, I want to talk about some of the guys that are still left on the trail and where Texas Tech could maybe earn a few more commitments. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's the new year, and there's a new and updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Hey, Red Raiders, this is Ryan with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about, GetUpside. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code SCORE for 25 cents per gallon cash back or more on your first fill up. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code SCORE for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a year in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE to get $0.25 cents per gallon cash back or more on your first tank. That's code SCORE. So Mark Adams... Has been hot on the recruiting trail, as we mentioned, getting a couple of key visits booked. Um, Obviously, Joey Maguire losing out on Joshua Moore is a bummer, but I think there's still a ton of talent left um, to pick up. But I want to talk about basketball for a second and just continue where Mark Adams has done really, really well and talk about a couple of guys that are still left that I think Texas Tech still has a really good chance to push for. Um, obviously Johan Trauer is is the name to watch at this point point. one of the best players in the class and Texas Tech is heavily involved and then KJ Lewis man I, I cannot say enough good things about KJ Lewis and the basketball player that he is very very talented guy that I think um, has a has a real chance to end up at Texas Tech and if he does man He's gonna be a really, really good player. And then two other guys. I'll I'll switch over to 2023 for a second here. R.J. Jones uh, of John Paul II out here in uh, Plano, Texas, former high school of uh, a a now Red Raider, Jalen Tyson. So that's a uh, that bodes well for Texas Tech. He's he's one of the best scorers I've seen um, in the metroplexes. I just go and watch hoops sometimes. He he just puts the ball in the basket. Got a great shot. Texas Tech is heavily involved, and I think that he could be a guy that eventually commits. It's obviously still early in his cycle with him being a 2023 guy, but great, great score. And then Jared McCain, man, um, a, a point guard who has been quiet on the on the Texas Tech end for a while, but has started picking up some steam, man. There's some noise, and so I'll be interested to see what uh Mark Adams and company can do there. He's a very, very high-class pro project kind of a guy like like charl who's going to be at the top of recruiting ranks everywhere but mccain man really really good recruit and excited to see what happens on all four of those guys fronts but those are the names that i'm watching right now emory what do you got
1: yeah i think i'm very similar in that sense i want to talk about mccain for a second because i think he's one of one of the best recruits the tech has been linked to in recent memory i actually think he's a little bit underrated at this point and i would not be surprised to see him jump into the mid tier five star ranking in the next few months just because he he's been on absolute tear the last few months Um, certainly one of the most composed players that you're going to see at his age and his his ability to play as a primary ball handler and as a guard is sensational His shot making is really good So for me, McCain's a real high-interest prospect. Obviously, you touched on K.J. Lewis. He's another real good get. Would be an instantly elite score for Tech and certainly a guy that Tech could really utilize. I think another guy that I'm looking at as a potentially under-the-radar guy is Cordelius Jefferson. Uh, He's a prospect that Tech offered about three weeks ago. And, I mean, he's kind of been quiet on the front, but he's picked up a lot of... A lot of offers lately to teams like Tennessee and Houston have been on the trail. From what I've seen, he's a very versatile guard. I think the shot's starting to come along pretty well. So for him, for Tech, I think he's one of the maybe lesser known guys that they're going after. And beyond that, I mean, obviously trailer would be the absolute icing on the cake for an outstanding 2022 class, but those are the main guys for me. I think that in 2023, you're going to have, really a lot of elite prospects or really good prospects that have tech on their radar. And we'll see. I mean, McCain's a guy that could be a centerpiece. Obviously we've already talked about Elijah Fisher on this podcast. I think tech is in the mix for him as well. Drew Steph is probably the closest thing that tech has to a lock at this point. You said you were higher in their percentages than me, but I also think that at the end of the day, it's much more likely that he commits tech than anywhere else in particular at this point. So things are looking up on the basketball side.
0: McCain is so good, man. I I feel like his his recruitment is kind of getting glossed over because it felt like such a reach at at one point. But I mean, a guy that's a 99 grade in the 24 seven composite, um, top 20 prospect, pretty much consensus.
1: I, I think he's going to end up close to the top 10, right at least. Like he should. Nine, yeah. I think I think he's still got
0: like a a little bit of growth to do, like literally physical growth. I think yeah. that he could. Um, shoot up maybe an inch or two more and add some weight and if he does both of those things he's a he's a top 10 prospect for me Um, a guy that's from California UCLA showing a lot of interest Duke has shown a lot of interest for a long time Do in his inside, right? I think yeah. Duke and Gonzaga yeah I think I think really UCLA and Duke are the two teams to beat right now with Gonzaga obviously recruiting heavily as well but Texas Tech, much more in the mix, and it may seem a a really intriguing prospect to follow for the rest of the 2023 class. But we'll switch over to to football. And Joey McGuire, obviously a guy that has a lot of fans excited about his recruitment ability. And so looking at his 2023 class, I'm going to pick all guys in the secondary. Um, Brendan Jordan, a, a safety from Mansfield. I think that he's really the... The name to watch right now, just a really, really stout defensive player. I think that he's got a good chance to end up at Texas Tech, and if he does, man, talk about a difference maker, a guy that can just really shape your entire secondary. He is a phenomenal, phenomenal player in pass coverage. And then... There are two DBs out of South Oak Cliff, which Texas Tech now has a strong connection to, thanks to uh, Emmett Jones, who used to be the head coach there. Obviously, this staff knows the Metroplex like the back of their hand. South Oak Cliff has really turned around. um, Its football program won a state championship this year, I believe. Um, But the two corners there are Javon Thomas and Malik Muhammad, just two really, really good corners that have just made it impossible for opposing teams to throw against them. And so... Those are the three names to watch for me right now on the football end with Brendan Jordan really being the catalyst, honestly.
1: Yeah, for me, Jordan's kind of the centerpiece of what Tech is looking at right now in terms of guys that are high priority. And I think that it's also really early in the football trail. So there's still a lot of figuring out, a lot of prioritizing. At this point, there's a lot of mass offering going on that you're seeing. So I think it's going to take a couple more months for everything to start to take shape in the 2023 class one guy that I would point out is Kylan Salter, which was one of Joey McGuire's first offers when he came to, to Texas Tech, a guy from Cedar Hill, kind of a little bit underdeveloped as a linebacker right now, but he's also someone that I really think kind of fits the mold of what what McGuire and what Tim Deroyer could be looking at as a linebacker in the future, just kind of prototypical rangy guy. So we'll see. I think that it's early, but it looks like a lot of the focus for tech has been on the defensive side of things. And also, as well as that, looking at kind of bringing in some depth to the quarterback room. And I think that we've seen a lot of focus being put on the defense and certainly in the secondary. But so far, this class, I mean, 2022, we saw a lot of backloaded commitments and a lot of jumping in the recruiting rankings. I think that 2023 has the offers and the potential to do that already.
0: I mean, Maguire now has time (laughs) like he he's got time he's not picking up on the crumbs anymore i'm i'm excited to see what he does
1: over really a full a full cycle and where he's able to key in on his guys yeah i mean i think you're gonna see a much more put together recruiting class and i think i mean we've already seen tech has put their put their hand in the basket for a lot of different Mm -hmm. four and five star recruits and a lot of guys that we really haven't seen taking visits or anything like that quite yet but i mean is so early in the cycle. And compared to last year, you have to think tech really didn't get things rolling on the recruiting trail until the summer last year. And then even then into like October and once Joey McGuire got hired, it was like, bam, you picked up a whole lot of commitments, absolutely skyrocketed in the recruiting rankings. So now with the time to develop a full board and really get the guys that I think you want from the get-go, I think that you're going to see a lot more of a refined, polished effort on recruiting. I'm excited to see where it ends up because I think that, the board so far looks like a, like one that could have a whole lot of diversity, specifically on the defensive side of the ball, with a lot of talents that are being pursued. But we'll see, man. I mean, it looks like it's going to be a fun class to look at.
0: And don't underestimate the significance of the junior day this weekend. Our our guys at Red com have done a great job reporting on all the players that will be in Lubbock. Um, for the junior day event, especially our guy Ben Golan, who has just been hustling to get some names listed there. But I believe that there's 50 plus guys in Lubbock this weekend, um, and so just a ton of talent. If you don't have a Road Raider Sports subscription, you need to go get one. If you do, go read the article that that Ben Golan and Matt Clare have been compiling for this weekend. Just names that will make your job, a job. I mean, list. it is going to be. It is a massive list, and, I mean, it is not It is not sloppy seconds. There, there are some pristine
1: guys on that list. Yeah, I mean, put it to you this way. In the past, text recruiting efforts, when you would look at Red Raider Sports and you would see some of the guys, you would certainly see a few top-end talents, but for the most part, there was a lot of under unheralded, under recruited guys especially the last couple of years but you look at some of the the junior day this week you look at some of the visits they've been getting guys on i mean these are highly touted guys that are all over the place and i second your thoughts on rotary sports if you don't have a subscription there is absolutely worth your time because obviously they have the analysis and you're not going to find anywhere else out there that has the level of depth and intrigue on tech recruiting is what those guys have and i mean Golan does an outstanding job putting that together and beyond that just making sure these on top of literally everything when it comes to both football and basketball recruiting so definitely check those guys out and i mean as far as things go keep an eye out for what comes out from this junior day and see it just seeing some of the guys and some of the reports that we see from this weekend because i think that will give you a good indication of just how many guys are potentially looking at tech as a top three top five option going forward
0: yeah, big, big weekend. Thank you all for joining us on our recruiting update episode today. We will be back tomorrow. Not sure what we're going to talk about yet. You got any guesses, Emory? Might get into the
1: Texas preview. Never too early to start Let's talking about it, such weirding company.
0: Let's do it, man. I mean, we, we cannot get enough coverage out of this. So um, we'll start looking ahead to next Tuesday's matchup at the USA on February 1st, a day to remember Maybe we'll reach out to Ric Flair, see if he wants to make an, uh, an appearance on the show. I would gladly welcome that. In the meantime, before our next episode, keep up with us on Twitter. You can follow me at LBK. You can follow Emery at eraser 41 And you can follow us on the official Locked on Texas Tech Twitter page, at Locked on TTU. Also, subscribe to us on YouTube if you have not already or if you are not watching this on YouTube. It really helps us out. We just launched a channel. You can look at Emory and I's beautiful faces as we discuss Joey Maguire and his just phenomenal recruiting efforts. So be sure to check out our channel and subscribe to us over here. Thank you for making Locked on Texas Tech your first listen every day, and I'll be sure to make your second listen, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy, Key, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you tomorrow.